Pinball Podcast Network. Welcome to Whitlock and the Vaughn, a fantasy basketball podcast presented by Fanball. As always, I am your host, Aaron Whitlock, but with the Vaughn traveling back from Belize today, he's he might be in the air right now as we speak. I've got uh, a special guest joining us on the pod today, sitting across from me, a man who helped give me my start in the industry, my sports hub colleague, and as you can see, Utah jazz fanatic, Dan Jefferson. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, going to be fun. Yeah, so glad to have you along. Uh, remember, you can watch us live every Monday at 6 on Periscope. Podcast will be available Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern on the Fanball NBA content section. And while you're there, go ahead, stop in, enter a contest, make yourself a little cash money while you're listening, and uh, give us a follow at Fanball underscore WATV. So Dan's been filled in. He's ready to go. Knows the format. We're going to start, as always, with the uh, the swish and brick. I will, uh, I will lead us off. Uh... I don't know how to reconcile with how cavalier-focused my swish and bricks have been <laughs> throughout the course of this show. It's episode five, and I think they've been involved negative or positive in four of them. <laughs> and, and whatever, we're going to keep it rolling. So LeBron <clears throat> is actually going to be in my swish section of the week. He's being candid, and I love a candid yeah. LeBron James. Yeah. Now, he can be very corny, be a little cheesy. He did the thing today, he rode the subway in, and... It was actually pretty funny because yeah. the one guy wanted nothing to do with being <laughs> that was great. in the Browns. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, right? whatever. Where, wherever, whatever that guy was supposed to be, he's probably supposed to be going to work. He's playing yeah. hooky like, oh, God. I, I felt like that was kind of a New York moment. Like, even LeBron Le, LeBron James is on the subway, and there's some dude who's like, seriously, dude, just like, I got to go to the <laughs> shop. You know? I, I don't want this out there, man. Come, uh, but LeBron, over the weekend, he was uh, throwing a little shade Phil Jackson's way. Following uh, Saturday's win over Dallas, LeBron had this to say. He said, the Knicks passed on a really good one, and Dallas got a diamond in the rough. He should be a Nick, referring to Dennis Smith Jr. That's going to make some headlines, but he should be a Nick. Dallas is definitely, I know they're excited that he didn't go there. And I I think it's hard to disagree with LeBron at this point. And that's not meant to be, and he clarified this today, it's not meant to be a, a knock against Frank Nilakina. Right. But just it's and in, it's telling you how good he thinks Dennis Smith Jr. can and will be. Yeah, and and him in the pick and roll with with Porzingis is. Oh yeah. Whew. Yeah. It's exciting to imagine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and yeah, LeBron did. I mean, it was kind of early today as part of pregame for today, right? He did kind of get a gaggle together, and he was saying like, "Well, I was really talking about Phil. I wasn't really talking about whatever." He also sort of made a, a reference there about Deshaun Watson, and Deshaun Watson should have been a Brown, right? Right. Just so that's that's who he wanted to be there, but right? that it didn't mean Miles Garrett was a bad right. football player. Right, right, right. Good analogy. Yeah. Um, and he also. <laughs> He found a way to take a shot at Enos Cantor during that. <laughs> said uh, said he always has something to say and that he, quote, I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> well, as a Jazz fan who Enos used to be on the team and then he left for Oklahoma City and totally burnt the bridges as soon as he walked out the door, I could not agree with LeBron more. Like, <laughs> Mr. Cantor always has things to say. It's It's pretty remarkable. But uh, I I did enjoy that LeBron too during that little interchange. Somebody had kind of asked him something to the effect of if they thought this would you know 
give the Knicks any sort of jolt tonight or if this would come back in any negative way. And LeBron just sort of said, you know, well, how is this possibly going to be worse than <laughs> than what I've gone through like at this point in my career? Like, yeah. man has lost finals in heartbreaking fashion. He's been picked apart yeah. in every way possible. Like, uh, oh, yeah, this one game in the Garden tonight against a, team, a Knicks team who's not going to make the playoffs is right. really going to, oh, just rip it's his heart out. It's going to get under his skin, yeah. Oh. Yeah, at this point, I, I I don't know what could really shake LeBron. Just in terms of, like, what a crowd could kind of put on LeBron to, like, rattle him. Like, I, I mean, the dude's been through everything, you know? No, c- certainly. Uh, Frank Nielakina could drop a triple-double tonight, <laughs> and LeBron yeah. would walk away unscathed. Like, yeah, it's exactly. Just, it's not going to matter. So, Dan, what, I'll let you start. Swish or break yep. wherever you want to go. So, let's start with uh, Swish. We'll k- kind of keep things positive, and then we'll get to the get to the bricks. Um, I like it. So, uh, so my Swish of the Week is uh, Blake Griffin. We, we actually talked about this a little bit earlier today. Um, yeah, th- th- this was kind of a little bit of an interesting week just because, like, there was there, – there, it was kind of it kind of felt like this was the week where the NBA kind of settled into being the NBA, you know? <laughs> like kind of everything got a little slower, there was a little less activity on the Instagram and stuff. But um but Blake Griffin had a great run. He did a or he had he had a really good week. He had this uh this he did a deal with the USA Today Sports um a video entitled Shit LA People Say, uh, which I thought was which I thought was really funny. Uh, just like <laughs> he really like he captured I think he just captured something there. Just like that I think we have a couple clips of that kind of lined up, but um there's there's definitely a couple quotes that I just was like, Oh man, like that is that is just so spot on. It's pretty remarkable. He nails it here, we'll play uh, play the audio for you real quick. Hold on. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure Toby Maguire was my barista at Earth Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Blake Griffin, and this is LA People Say. I'm actually a DJ. I just dropped some fire on my SoundCloud. I actually and literally cannot even. I won't. That's my even. favorite. Can't even. <laughs> was that chill? Yeah, I'm just really trying to stay away from gluten right now. Oh, God. Ew. Kombucha on tap? Yeah, that's my <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, actually. I just feel like I have a lot to say. That one stings, Blake. Yeah, that, that one, one does stings. a little bit, yeah. I refuse to take the five. Do you have almond milk, rice milk, <laughs> coconut milk, soy milk? You guys have to have him milk. <laughs> it's my passion project. Yeah, I'm freelance. I guess I'm just in it for the art. I basically am Larry David. Uh, Silver Lake is so huge right now. Yeah, I'll Venmo you. Yeah, I've just been feeling really spiritual lately. Should I tweet this from my burner account? One sec. Gotta post something on my Finsta. Ew. Is it pronounced Akai or Asai? <laughs> Waves were so bad this morning. Uh, literally, dead, dead, dead. Six feet under, dead. <laughs> Casket. <laughs> he killed that. Yeah, he, he really did, yeah. He's done, and I know he's done, he's got some stand-up floating out there, and he's done some TV. He was on Broad City in right. season two, and he's just got a, a knack for it. I mean, yeah. his delivery is, is hilarious. Yeah. And he really, he really, I mean, yeah, there's there's something about the 
getting the accent right or the the you know the the language of it right but there's some you just kind of hit this attitude aspect of it too i thought it was i thought it was really good i mean he spent some time in la and he's now spending some time with the jenner right. slash kardashian family That's true, so, yeah. so he's, he's getting it he's getting he's getting exposed to this little method acting yeah. there he's <laughs> just getting just, himself right yeah. into the thick of things holding a mirror up to the world <laughs> the world around him you know uh, so so that was really good. And then I also thought that was I, I, I don't know if this is a compliment for, per se, but I thought I thought it was like kind of funny. I thought it was kind of like pretty impressive. So this comes from Josh Jackson, a rookie um, who was doing an interview with Bleacher Report and was basically kind of just talking about like what it's like to be a rookie and what that transition is like. And the quote he, he gives is uh, the physicality of the NBA game is crazy. This is like our third game of the season, and I'm effing guard and Blake Griffin, <laughs> and I'm barely 200 pounds. <laughs> which I thought, which I thought was sort of a good like. I mean, that's a nice little like compliment to Blake Griffin, right? You will appreciate how candid it is because yeah. guys get asked that question constantly, regardless of the you know whether it's NFL, NBA, whatever it might be. Right. Uh, what's it like making the adjustment as a rookie? And you get so many of just the generic, oh, you yeah, know, a exactly. speed, the blah, yeah. blah, blah. That that's you know puts it in perfect perspective oh, totally. of what what an NBA rookie is having to deal with, and right. and that it's surreal even for him. Like, holy crap, I'm yeah. guarding Blake Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I've grown up watching this guy. Like, yeah. ah, that's yeah. that's fantastic. So Griffin's had a good week, I think. I think this this has been a good one. All right, now moving on. Not to not to let the hate flow a little bit. <laughs> Get to the dark side. Brick of the week. The next chapter. In the Kyrie Irving Flat Earth Saga. Oh, yes. It's near yes, and dear indeed. to this show's heart. <laughs> it will be returning very soon to this show. Uh, so first we had Kyrie. He uh, he said the Earth was flat. And then he kind of backed away from that. Said it was, said it was more of like a troll comment. That he was uh, kind of playing the media almost. Uh, that, that he knew they would take that quote. And now we've got him... He's doubling down on the flat earth mm-hmm. claims again. So he did a, a he had a conversation. He sat down with Gino Ariema. Actually, I don't know how that came to be. Yeah. Or that seems like a weird pairing. But anyhow, uh, the two of them sat down, and this was the uh, the big pull quote here. He said, "I started doing actually doing my own research, figuring out that there's no real picture of Earth. Like there's not one picture of Earth, <laughs> and we haven't been back to the moon since like 1951 or 1969." <laughs> <laughs> it's like hard to even know where to start, yeah, yeah, to start yeah. with that right yeah uh but my first thing is actually the year range right because i feel like this is actually something i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna crap on Kyrie irving for this because i would do the same thing here but like the 1951 or 1969 <laughs> yeah that's a, there's a there, there's a gap there. That's like, yeah. just 20 years or yeah. so you know yeah. that's totally what you do though when you have no idea what you're really talking about you just want to throw this like blanket sort of like uh you know and i would have probably said the same thing if you'd been like hey aaron when uh, when was the last moon landing i'd be like oh you know 60s 70s ish you know somewhere around there it's like uh it's like playing a game of uh, a battleship with a year you just want to you want to get in the general vicinity yeah, start yeah, yeah, narrowing yeah. it down so people don't think you know you're totally dumb yeah yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, i did google the last moon landing was in fact 1972 so he's, he's a little closer with the second, with the second one <laughs> but not so much with the first one that he was sort of arbitrarily throwing out yeah. <laughs> but uh, and, and then of course the next part is is saying that there's no pictures of Earth. That those right, <laughs> right. Like seriously, 
This is a guy. The next time he plays the Knicks, we, somebody has to arrange like a sit down with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like just sit, like yes, sit the two of them down, yes. you know, and just have <laughs> just have Neil and have someone like with a camera in there and just have Neil just like lay down some truth on him. Just you know breaking what I mean? it down for yeah. him. That's that's a bad reflection on Duke University. I'm sorry. You, I know he's only there for a year, but how do you let that man walk out being like, "There's no pictures of Earth. Yeah, exactly. They don't exist." Which. Thank you, nerds of the internet. There apparently there were photos just taken in August of yeah. the Earth. They they're out there. You can Google them. There's like just literally hundreds. There's so many pictures of the Earth. But the the thing that's most baffling to me is like, if you really think the Earth's flat, like, how are you playing basketball? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, go figure. Like, where's that go? Like, where's the edge? Go. Like, I would be so. If that was my belief, I would be so dead set. Like, I gotta find the edge. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. find the proof. Well, especially if, I mean, because Kyrie's got some coin, like he's got some money yeah. in his bank, right? Like he can afford to go to the ed- end of the earth, right? Modern day Christopher Columbus of sorts, go exploring. Yeah. And rent a ship just like Jack Sparrow. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's there you go. That's exactly right. And is it like. I'm just imagining pirate Kyrie now. <laughs> can you go off the edge? Is it like the upside down? Like what's, what's on the other side? Like is, is that where Elvis and Tupac are? There's so many unanswered questions. Yeah, that's what? a good that is a good question. I mean, what would the upside down of the NBA look like, I wonder? Oh wow. That's yeah. a great question. The yeah. upside down of the NBA. Probably the Jazz would just have a franchise like run of championships. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the DBA, the Demogorgon Basketball Association. Yeah, yeah. I I would be in, I, would, I would pay to watch that. No. Yeah. What a what an absolutely dumb belief though. I mean Yeah, that's, that's just silly. That's that's bad. I'll yeah. I'll 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 I won't get truly nasty. I'll let you go to your your brick before I get mean. <laughs> so this is this is uh my brick is uh it's a little I mean, I'm a little bit of a homer for kind of calling this out. Like I I'm I feel I feel a responsibility to kind of preface by saying that my brick is related to the Utah Jazz and specifically the the Rudy Gobert injury by by Dion Waiters. And so my break of the week, I'm, I'm, I may actually get in a little bit of trouble about this because my wife went to Syracuse, several friends went to Syracuse, Dion Waiters went to Syracuse. So so with my in my introductory, yeah, there's this. this Syri- We're Al, sitting this, with the Syracuse Al sitting right here. Salty yeah. Al. Uh, so with my you know my first brick selection. I'm throwing down against the orange a little bit, but here's the thing. So, so you watch the replay of the Dion Waiters Rudy Rudy Gobert injury, right? And of course, like I've got just the the natural home team, like oh, it's a dirty play, sort of thing. <laughs> like I'm coming from that place. I yeah. understand that I am, but um, but if you look at it and you try to apply like sort of the benefit of the doubt to that, I feel like. At least it feels like he he kind of guided himself into Rudy on some level. Like I don't th- I I do think that he wasn't trying to hurt him. I do think that there was like it wasn't like a conscious like oh ho ho like I'm gonna you know like he I don't the, see yeah. that. But I do think that it was a move to prevent go to prevent Rudy from getting the ball by kind of putting his body in the middle of it sort of thing. That's, that's at the I very least, thought. yeah, because. Yeah. Here's the thing. We talked about this a little bit before because I would have put this down as my brick of the week. Yeah. But I, I kind of, I, I had a feeling coming in that this would, this would have to be yours, and I, I don't think your take's quite strong enough because I think, <laughs> I think at the very least, yeah, Waiters was trying. He didn't make any real effort to not go that into. That is Rudy absolutely Gobert's true. Leg. That is absolutely true. Yeah. So, so 
that I mean, so uh, so even regardless of the injury, I think my actual sort of challenge with this, or the reason that I sort of elevated to break of the week, is actually has more to do with the the response. Like, because so Rudy went to Rudy went to the Twitter later that night, and you know, alluded that it was a dirty play, and alluded and called and called uh, Dion a dirty player, and Dion, you know, really kind of went hard in, oh, in yeah. response to that. He did he, not take well to that. Yeah. At all. So it was. Uh, I didn't even know it was him. I went for the ball, but making a basketball play. He goes right to social media. I ain't a social media guy. At the end of the day, that that explicit don't matter. Tell him to get out his out of his feelings. We won. They lost. So what? I'm like, just, I mean, not for nothing, dude. But like, that's like, I mean, like Rudy's out for 46 weeks. Like, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, you can throw a little deference into the situation. And just be like. It's unfortunate. It's a bad situation. I'm sorry that it happened, but you yeah, know what I mean. There's like, no real there remorse just a, coming from, yeah, from that statement. Yeah, there really was just sort of this sense of just like screw him, you know. And that that to me is sort of what elevates it to break of the week. Tips the scale. Yeah. Well, I, it's it's a huge loss for the Jazz, oh, right? Man, it's tough, and, and it's yeah, like and and the timing of it is just really, it's really like it, the yeah, like it's just it just feels like a dark day <laughs> with with the Jazz because. So you had a little bit of like excitement and juice kind of at the start of the season with the Jazz. There was a couple of nice wins. There was a, there was a victory against Oklahoma City. They showed really well against a bunch of teams, but the offense has kind of been struggling, right? Sure. Then you have this go this this Gobert injury, and now they're on this like infamous East Coast swing, which is which is now it's it's starting this week and it's. Five games, I think, on the road. Five consecutive games. Five games. games. You've got uh, the Knicks, the Nets, the Magic, the Sixers, and the Bulls. Right. So, and this this is actually a sort of, at least for me, like a fairly notable road trip because there's always a road trip like this every year with yep. the Jazz. You know, where it's just this long run down the East Coast, and it's actually normally when I get to go see the Jazz. Like I, I may make a point to either get to Boston or New York or Brooklyn or wherever that road trip sort of seems to go. Absolutely, but. I mean, oh man, for like for if it feels like forever, at least for ten years, at some point during the this road trip, the wheels just completely come off the wagon and it's just total like misery. <laughs> the Jazz have yet to win on the road this season. Really? And wow. they're heading into this like dismal East Coast swing with Gobert out for four to six weeks. Like it's just it's just like the thunderclouds like kinda kinda gathering, you just know. Just gathering I mean? over. Is there yeah. any thought in your head right now? Way early in the season, they're six and seven. They're right in right. The, the kind of the thick of things with Portland, New Orleans, yeah. uh, the Clippers for that kind of seven, eight, all the way up to really the the five or the six seed are yeah. pretty pretty wide open. But is there any thought of tanking this early? I you know I it, it feels like it's just not really. I mean I don't know. Like you you never you never really know. But I know that the I know that the Jazz in general are kind of opposed to that. Like, as far as front office is concerned, as far as the the coaching and the management, there's been years where I sort of have been quietly thinking, like, maybe we should tank, you know? Like, <laughs> it wouldn't be that Because <laughs> there is something to be said about, like, um, you know, if it, it's it's the Sixers, it's the counter-argument to the whole Sixers strategy, right? Like, yeah. if you're, if you're going to be bad for a while, but then you load up on talent, then eventually... It's not just that you're going to be good. It's that eventually you're going to be great because you will have stacked up all of this great talent just by kind of going back. The problem, some would argue, with Utah is that if they kind of do that keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, you're kind of always going to be in that 
seven to ten spot in the west you know tough place to be and just never get out right because you're never you're never necessarily gonna have the talent to break out and you're never gonna be far enough down that you're gonna get like a top five draft pick somebody a a franchise changing player right right unless you do some sort of crazy trade or something like that so so it's just a tough spot to be in and I, i i mean i don't know but i would i would not think that the jazz would be thinking about tanking at this point i think you're probably a Snyder is the coach. I, I can't see that roster that they currently have constructed not actively tanking anyway. Right. He's going to be out, what, at least 14 games, I think is what I kind yeah. of did mathematically, maybe yeah. as many as 20. Um, but <clears throat> Yeah, so, so it'll be interesting to see. But I, I, I think, you know, the fight, the fight is still ahead of us. All right. Well, with that, let's move on to our fantasy portion of the show, the studs and duds. I will start us off. Tuesday, we got a little baby slate. It was nice. We have a big slate for our 3v3 on Monday, which is yep. a nice change, but it gives us only three games on Tuesday. So with that, I will take Al Horford as my stud. Now, he was in my dud section last week, but he's he's playing some inspired basketball yeah. right now. Missed a couple games with injury, but he's averaging 35 fan ball points per game for the month of November, and he'll be playing a Brooklyn team <laughs> that is allowing only Brooklyn, or only team in the NBA allowing more than 50 fan ball points per game to opposing centers. Oh, that's a nice stat. That is no bueno. Yeah. Uh, Brooklyn playing at the fastest pace in the league. You know there's going to be a ton of possessions. And uh, little little side note here, Kyrie has been upgraded to questionable for this game. Right. If Kyrie comes out, black mask, <laughs> yeah. black mask Kyrie, yeah, yeah. Horford scoring 50. Oh, totally. It's, it's just going to happen. The yeah. whole team will be elevated by, <laughs> by superhero Kyrie. Yeah. My dud for that night is going to be LaMarcus Aldridge. Now, it was really tough. There's nobody who really sticks out. To me, that night is just being outright just awful. Yeah. And and LA's been playing really well. He's averaging just shy of 40 fan ball points this month. Um, but of course, with that comes comes the increase in price. So he's starting to creep up. And and that's really where I think he gets tripped up in this one, is I think he'll have a hard time hitting his value. Uh Mavs, just like the Spurs, play at one of the slowest paces in the league. And you saw this trip Aldridge up against the Bulls on Saturday. They play at the second slowest pace in the league, right. and he only recorded 31 fan ball points. Not enough for him to hit his value. Yeah. I think that trips him up there. Wednesday, my boy, <laughs> my new boy anyway, Andre Drummond uh, playing against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, no team is pulling down fewer rebounds per game than the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's going to be a huge problem for him in this one. Uh, you saw it already at the uh, the start of this month when Andre scored 48 fan ball points against the Bucks. And they might have added Eric Bledsoe, but they've got nobody down low who can match yeah, up with Andre. Sure. I mean, Thon Maker is a twig. I I like his game, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. trying to body Andre Drummond is going to be a problem for that man. Um, on Sunday, Drummond recorded his 13th consecutive game with 12 or more rebounds to start the season, and that broke a <clears throat> NBA record previously held by Kevin Love of 12. And as a Pistons fan, somebody who's watched him since his first year in the league, it's it's been incredible to see just the fire, the drive that Andre is playing with, not only on a per-game basis, but on a per-possession per basis. Yeah. And that's just what we haven't seen, that consistency from him. Um, he's, he's the top rebounder in the league right now, top 20 in steals, top 30 in blocks. I, I really like him in this matchup. <clears throat> My dud... Well, I'm, I got a lot of nice things to say this week. I, I'm, <laughs> despite a crushing Michigan State loss, I'm in, I'm in good spirits. Uh, Victor Oladipo. Uh, now, he's been sensational after kind of being panned in that Paul George trade over the summer. Uh, shooting incredible from the field, but his, his three-point shooting is what's really stood out to me. Uh, he's never shot better than 36% from beyond the arc for a season, but he's currently knocking him down at a 44% clip 14 games into the year. If that continues... Uh, he'll put up career numbers, which is, he's on pace to do. 
Now, despite the nice things, he's going to play the Grizzlies, who who play at a glacial pace, slowest mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, no teams allowing fewer fan ball points per game to shooting guards than the Grizz. Uh, Oladipo's kind of earned the right at this point at his price and with his production to be considered almost every night, but I would advise you to steer clear on Wednesday. And with that, I will turn it over to Mr. Jefferson. Thank you. So so there's two games on Thursday, and I think both are, are interesting in uh, in different sort of ways. The first one is uh, Warriors versus Boston. And that's like, I mean, that's just going to be so high energy and kind of crazy. And <laughs> I actually spent a lot of time trying to find like a stud from that game. Yeah. But I just, I, I don't know, like somehow there was something, there's just something that feels like it's just going to be high octane and it's so fast and so whatever. It's almost a gamble in and of itself to figure out who in that crew is going to kind of blow up. You mentioned Horford, who definitely could have a big game. If Kyrie comes into the mix, he could blow it up. And then you've got... Everyone, the Warriors. Yeah, got the Warriors. <laughs> so, so somehow I just sort of wound up sort of saying like, you know what, James Harden, like Houston, <laughs> <laughs> James Harden is my stud. Like, let's just let's just kind of steer clear of that other game. So Harden, I mean, Harden's just been blowing it oh up, man. He's gosh. been so he's been just he's just been crushing it. Uh, he put up fifty six against Utah, uh, but he put up fifty six points against Utah. 35 against Cleveland, 38 against Memphis. I mean, he, he's just been in that zone and in that kind of spot. He's, I mean, just lighting it up. Yeah, and and I mean, what is Phoenix going to do about that? You know what I mean? Like, and uh, so so he's definitely a very expensive from a salary perspective. His fanball salary is eleven thousand two hundred dollars. That's definitely a lot. Um, I think he's one of the highest in that in that space. I think eleven twos. Yeah, that's the highest we've had all year. Yeah, and and so so you really have to sort of wager that against. You know, against what your options are going to be in the other on the other rosters and in the other spaces. Sure. But I feel like Thursday could definitely be one of those stars and stripes nights where you just say like, "I'm just going to go in on Harden and then just try to fill out the pieces kind of out from there." Because I, I there's just something about Harden that feels like he's still going, like I, he's not slowing down. You have to have him almost. Yeah. That yeah. you can't afford not to have him in yeah. your lineup. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so that's that. Uh, my dud. Uh, almost the inverse of my previous argument. I'm going with Devin Booker. So I actually like Devin Booker, and yeah. I think I think he's he's a solid he's a solid player. I mean, he is like sort of the guy there in Phoenix right now. Absolutely. Um, but again, Houston's blowing it up. There's a lot of stuff going on. I I you know it just feels like the inverse of the pick James Harden sort of argument. I just feel like that he you know. Like if if you're if you're gonna slow one person down, it's gonna be Devin Booker, and then you just let James Harden run your run the court. You know what I mean? He's been highly highly volatile this season. I, I you can check it out over on uh, Fanball.com in the NBA content section. Uh, wrote about this just today. He's you know he's had these. He scored 35 last night. Had these huge performances, but then th- there's really just been no middle ground. It's like right. 40 plus or under 30. Right. So it's like he either kind of makes your night or he breaks it. I, I like that, especially yeah. when he's going to be tasked with slowing down James. Right. Which I mean is going to be a tiring endeavor indeed. Um. So moving on to Friday. So Friday is a great open slate. You've got 11 games. You've got 22 teams in action. Uh, a couple of the highlight games there. You've got Oklahoma City at San Antonio. Should be a fun one. I Absolutely. think that one's on the on the ESPN. Um, uh, you got Pelicans at uh, at Denver, which uh, should also be kind of an interesting. Yeah, some and kind fun, of fun big one. men in that one. And then uh, Utah at Brooklyn and Detroit <laughs> at uh, Pacers. So 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 everyone's kind of got a little little bit of action kind of going on. 
So, stud, okay, here's my Homer kind of moment. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're decked out. You had to do it I, once. I had to do it once. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going Ricky Rubio, uh, fanball salary, 6,500, uh, averaging 32.9 fanball points, and he's at Brooklyn. So, so you mentioned before, no one's really running, like, Brooklyn's moving at incredibly fast pace. Despite of all of the doom and gloom that I sort of talked about, Ricky Rubio has been great. Um, he's been he's been a lot of fun to watch. He's lit up the the offense, and in the, in a lot of cases, and this has sort of been part of the problem, is that he has been the offense, right? Like he has been the instigator and the finisher, and he's been doing kind of everything. Yeah. So if you're gonna pick a jazz player anywhere, anywhere, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Ricky Rubio versus the Nets. You yeah. know what I mean? And he might actually see a slight benefit from right. from a fantasy standpoint of Gobert being out. Yeah, for gonna sure. Gonna need him even more. Yeah. I think I think there's definitely something to be said about that that he's gonna have a lot more activity and he's gonna be a lot more present in that offense with with uh, with the injury. Um, the dud, um, Paul George. So this one's also a little complicated. I mean, I, I actually really like Paul George. I think he's totally emerging in Oklahoma City. I think that he is kind of rapidly being that other piece that Westbrook, I mean, not that Westbrook really needed another piece last year because he was just blowing it up and doing his <laughs> thing. But I feel like if, if, but if you, it really starts to feel like Paul George is becoming that other thing that that you don't just have to worry about Westbrook, you have to worry about Paul George. He's leading the league in points. He's, I mean, he's really kind of settling in and he's doing a lot of cool stuff. That being said, they're playing the Spurs, and <laughs> and I feel like I feel like the the Spurs are are especially just one of those teams that you know once Pop kind of kind of puts puts a target on your back, like you're not you're not going to do a lot of offense that night. Play you know some I mean? ugly basketball. I mean, yeah. good basketball, but they, I mean. From a fantasy perspective, ugly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that's my pick. I do I do think George is definitely, a lot of nights I think would be worth that salary and, and worth that salary point, but I think the Spurs are going to slow him down. All right, I like it. Do you want to carry us through into Saturday? Indeed I do. Um, so, as sort of an antidote to the homer pick I made just a moment ago, um, uh, for my stud for Saturday, I'm picking Aaron Gordon uh, to uh, to go up against Utah. Sixty three hundred dollars salary, thirty point six point average. But here's the thing with the with Gobert being out, and I've been coming back to this a couple times. This is exactly where the hurt is going to start coming in. Like Gordon attacks the basket, and he yeah. just he goes, he just dives, and he's he's definitely had these thunderous moments um, so far, just dunking the ball and kind of getting after it and doing this thing. And that's been amazing and a lot of fun to watch. Um, there isn't going to be a lot to stop him. I mean, Favors is there. Favors is going to be able to kind of put up a little bit of something. But this is kind of where I think Aaron Gordon – and this too, going back to that long East Coast swing, this will be the third game of that run. This is usually where the wheels come off the wagon. So there you go, Aaron Gordon. Makes a lot of sense. My dud for that night is going to be Blake Griffin. Obviously, we talked about him at the top of the show. He's been very good in the last week, but the Clippers have also been without some of their best players. You've had Patrick Beverly out, Danilo Gallinari out, uh, Tessa Dosic has been out for, well, he's been out for the better part of a month. I think once you start to get those guys back, and I would expect both of them to be back in the lineup by Saturday, they were questionable for tonight's game, but then scratched. You see them come back. That hurts his fantasy performance a little bit. He won't be guarded by Dwight Howard, but he you will see Dwight Howard in this game against Charlotte. Uh, he's got the fourth most rebounds uh, per game right now, and uh, I think that stops Blake from getting a double double, and also stops him from hitting his value at eighty four hundred dollars. It's pricey. He'll had to have to hit about forty six fan ball points. Don't see it for him on that night. On Sunday, going with a little underpriced stud here in Justin Holiday of the mm. Chicago Bulls. 
Chicago Bulls are a disaster, but they've got some fun <laughs> pieces. Uh, Bobby Portis, since, uh, you know, breaking Miracic's face has been pretty good. Yep. Uh, Lori Markinen's been fun, the rookie uh, out of Arizona. And excluding a total clunker against the Spurs on Saturday, Holiday's been averaging 29 fan ball points per game over his past four outings. Uh, the Suns allow the fourth most fan ball points to opposing guards. He could, he'll probably cost you less than 5000 I think he easily hits his value. Expect him to score around, I'll say, 30 fan ball points in that game. And in, a, in a, what should be a high-scoring contest, the Bulls pace up. They're one of the slower teams in the league, but stats show they pace up a little bit. And against Phoenix, the third-fastest team in the league, mm-hmm. I like him to, uh, to do very well. Nice. And rounding it out... Uh, my dud is uh, DeMar DeRozan versus Washington. Um, and uh, in this particular case, it's actually a little bit more of a reflection on the Washington defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the Washington, uh, Washington's been holding their opponents to about 100 points a game. Toronto is averaging about 108. So there's already there's already a little bit of like a, kind of some gap there. Washington in the in the East is is uh, one of the betters in terms of of team diff uh, for the for the point differential. Great stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think I just think the, that Wizard defense is gonna is gonna kind of come after Demar. Fantastic. All right, now we don't have a three v three bet payoff this week, which is regrettable, but. Uh, JK will be back to serve his punishment next week. I have rolled off three straight in this contest now. It's a weird little contest where it's got some tricky r- rules. You've got a weird low salary because it's only three players. you got to make sure you're getting guys playing three man. times in the week. Oh, man. Dan, yeah, yeah, you kind of saw the, yeah. the rigors this week of 3v3. It's- yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely a, a challenging little experience. I mean, you, you know, some of it is about how the calendar lays out. Absolutely. There's, there's definitely, and this week I think especially there's there's a couple pretty solid players and a couple solid teams that only kind of have just the two the two matchups between Tuesday and Sunday. But yeah, you gotta you gotta dig in a little bit to to kind of find some find some value, you know. All right, so here's what I got. I'm sticking with my strategy. It's done me well the last three weeks. I've got. Kevin Durant at 9,100. I'm going to pay up for a stud, and I'm going to let him ride and hope for my other two guys to just coast by and get me just enough. Now, Steph Curry, as of me talking right now at least, is questionable with a thumb contusion. I'm hoping for him to miss tonight's game. Hope Steph is fine and doing well with his foot fetish at home and everything, but (laughs) hope he misses tonight's game. Uh, Both he and Durant are averaging 25.2 points per game. If Curry's out, I expect monster numbers from Durant on Monday. Uh, that's my forward at center. I'm going with Willie Trill, Willie Cauley Stein of Sacramento. That is by far my riskiest pick. He's checking in at 5,100. Uh, he's been playing well. He's getting more minutes there than he was last season. And he's turned in a couple double doubles. Uh, don't feel fantastic about this pick. (laughs) This is one where I just need him to get, get, get me 20 points, three, three nights this week, Willie. That's all I'm looking for. <laughs> and finally, at guard, I'm going with uh, Jordan Clarkson of the Los Angeles Lakers, checking in at 4,100. Uh, with Nance out and with Lonzo struggling a little bit, Clarkson's been playing decent minutes. He's scoring about 15 a month, or 15 a month, 15 <laughs> Oh, that's really bad. 15 <laughs> points per game this month. Uh, I saw his recent quote. He wants the Lakers to be good. Yeah. The ladies don't like you when you're down. I feel you, Jordan. That's my lineup this week. 
Uh, by the way, did you see or or hear um, uh, Magic Johnson was on Mike and Mike this morning and 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 called out uh, that he's really excited for Kuzma to to start to really step in. I I thought that was kind of an interesting moment because I mean the Lakers is just loaded with like young talent and Absolutely. everything, but to kind of get that name recognition from from, from Magic, Magic, how cool! That I be. mean that's really cool, right? And and he's also a Utah guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 just just throwing that just, out there. Yeah, he's glad, been I'm great though. Yeah, he's been really solid. All right, who do you right. have, Dan? So, um so yeah, so I so I went with starting with my forward, I'm going to start with sort of my my name pick, which is uh, Andrew Wiggins with uh with Minnesota. Um, you know, he's he's been having a he's been having a, a really solid year so far. I feel like his numbers are up from from previous years. And I also feel that like there there's something about that combination of those Timberwolves where it's not just on a, a pre, the pressure isn't on any single player to kind of go and do their thing. Like there's there's a lot of talent. You've got Jimmy Butler. You've got Cat kind of doing his thing. Like like and I think that that opens the door for Wiggins. And some of the numbers have been starting to kind of prove that out. So um, so he's my pick. He's got he's sixty five hundred dollars uh, salary value, uh, averaging thirty one point two, which I which I'm hoping is is going to be pretty solid. Um, my center, I'm going with a uh, Yusuf Nurkit Nurkic. That name is a nightmare. Yeah, I, I, I pulled out the thing, the pronunciation. <laughs> um, so, so, there's, so there's a couple reasons for this. One is the dude's nickname is the Bosnian Bear. That's I mean, awesome. right? Like that. That's got to be worth some salary value just on its own. Um, but so he so he's been he's been starting to step into place in Portland. He actually had a sore back the other day. Um, so hopefully that that kind of recovers and that he's able to kind of play through. But but his numbers are up this year. This is this has been his best year. Last year had been his best year. It feels like Portland's Portland's kind of using him. Um, he's also averaging thirty one point thirty one average fantasy points, which I think is pretty solid. Um, and then, so my guard, this is sort of a little bit of the, the one that we'll see kind of what happens. <laughs> um, Mike James out of Phoenix as a guard. Um, so, so there's, there's a couple things happening here in my head. One is the, with the Bledsoe trade, I feel like there's, there's a door available yeah. for a player like Mike James. I also, I, I also just kind of like the story. I mean, he, you know, he was undrafted in, uh, let's see, he's undrafted in 2012, um, he played, uh, yeah, he, he was undrafted in 2012, has been kind of bouncing around Europe, was in the G League last year, signed a two-way contract this year. There's a little bit of an underdog thing happening there. Yeah. Phoenix is not exactly heading to the playoffs, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what Mike James can do. And, and he's got a pretty decent set of matchups. Obviously, that Houston game we talked about before, but then they're at Lakers. And then Chicago. Yeah. So, you know, I mean. Sets up nice. So the, I think the Lakers one is probably his best opportunity to kind of do something. Now, our bet for this week, we wanted to center something around. We've got Pistons. We've got Jazz. So <clears throat> we found a common thread here. Former yep. player for both teams, Memento Core. Mr. Meno, Mellow Money Man. We've actually, Dan's got a, Dan's, Dan's got the jersey here. He's a bit of a fan here. He spent time with both teams. He was on the, uh, the 2004 championship Pistons team. Was he That's on right. the championship? Ja- oh, wait. Oh, um, man, seriously? Mm, seriously? Sorry about that. You're throwing that down like that? <laughs> we got the, Jor- I know. We got the Jordan got the jersey Jordan back. Jersey. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. Seriously? To- <laughs> Savage. Seriously? Uh, but can I tell you something? You, so, I can't tell you. I, hit I, me with I pulled up, I pulled up a little info with, about, uh, about Memo. So, I love, I love this player. Like, he's just, he's, he's one of my favorite jazz players i was upset when he didn't make the nba 2k18 all-time jazz team just because he's so much fun 
Uh, but yes, he was on the he was on that 2004 Pistons team that won the championship. First Turkish player to win an NBA championship. You may not have been aware of that information. I did not know that. Um, some years later, so then he got traded to the Jazz because the Pistons couldn't. They didn't have the cash. They didn't have the cash. So he played for the Jazz until 2011. He was elected to his first All-Star game, his first and only All-Star game in 2007. First Turkish player to ever be an All-Star. Memo, memo, money, and and here's what here's what's fun about him. So he's six, he's six foot eleven inches, right? He's just a big body banner, like he just would go on the paint and like kind of crush it. But he could hit from range, like especially he had this spot in the corner that oh, he just loved, just money. He would just drop it, right? And he was ahead of that. Like it seems like it doesn't yeah. seem like a big thing now to say, oh, right. a big man stepping out yeah, hitting yeah. threes. But like back in two thousand three, two thousand four, like when he was doing that, he was it. He was yeah. yes, like he was way kind of ahead guy. of that curve. There, was, I looked it up. There was um, so in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. This was his best shooting year. So he was. Uh, he he shot four four six from wow. from the three point line, and that's not like I mean even even by modern standards, big men do shoot, but they shoot what a hundred some shots a season or something. Memo was uh, a ninety for two hundred and two that year, so two hundred shots from range and just and just dropped almost half of them, and that made him the sixth best three point shooter in the league. Six, six foot 11 inches. I did not know that. Yeah. Good for him. Stud. So, Total stud. the bet this week is that we have to tweet at, directly at, Mr. O'Curd. Now, yep. do we have the contents of the tweet decided just yet? It's got to be something along the lines of, so so Pistons fan, Jazz fan, It's we don't we don't have the exact verbiage, but basically we have to acknowledge that the other, that Memo played best when he played for the for other, the other team. team. Okay, now I would like to up the ante in one respect here. I, I'm fine with the tweet content, like the tweet idea, like that a lot. But one tweet could easily get lost in the yeah. storm. I bet you a lot of people tweet at this guy on a, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, it's probably true. You got to tweet him at least once a day. Oh, no. Every day. Oh, until no. you get a response oh. from Memo. <laughs> so just, you can schedule it if you want in your tweet deck, however you want to do it. But you got to, like, finally, this guy's going to be like, dude, oh, you've man. been you've been telling me my best years were the Pistons so, for 60 days. <laughs> okay. So, so when I thought, because well, I, I had kind of this brainstorm about this thing and then we've evolved it or whatever. But I kind of in the back of my head, because of this love that I have for this guy, I kind of had this thing in the back of my head. I was like, all right, well, if I lose this bet, maybe he'll just, he won't ever see the tweet. And won't ever be able to get. <laughs> yeah, I want to avoid that. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I want right. it. All right, I'm in. All I'm right, in. beautiful. There's our bet. We've got a brand new bit. First time bit to get us out of here this week. Very excited. I've been promising this almost since the outset of this show. Salty Al, cue it up. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you are here for our very first installment of Who's That Mormon? (laughs) Alright, you will see up on the screen Dan Jefferson, an outline of a Mormon. Okay. Can you tell us Who's That Mormon? Wow, um... Tough from just the outline. If you want to take an initial stab at it, we'll let you. And then I've got some clues to help guide you through here. Well, so, I mean, some of the natural names that jump jump to mind is like Danny Ainge, although I, I don't know that that's a thing. That doesn't really look like Danny Ainge. Sean Bradley is is, is another sort of name that okay. jumps out at me, but mostly that's maybe the neck. The neck just seems like kind of weird and Sean Bradley esque. Yeah, it sort of looks like Kenny Powers to me from the outline. Yeah, for, the, it does. for those of you yeah. that can see it. Yeah, yeah. All right, here's our first right. clue. He was one of six children in a devout Mormon family, though according to Wikipedia, he never fully embraced the religion. Next clue. He was born in Utah. He played his college ball for 
legendary coach Roy Williams at the University of Candace from 1993 through 1997. Oh, uh, Tom Chambers. Mm, not Tom Chambers. Oh, no, yeah, you got it. That's right. All right, next clue. Next clue. We got that's one guess. We'll give Dan two more guesses. Right. We got some more clues. All right. This 6'11 center who was drafted in the first round by the Detroit Pistons, though he did not stay in the Motor City long. He spent time with Detroit, Sacramento, Indiana, Cleveland, before finally ending his career in Boston. Oh, man. Feel like you're getting close? No, I feel like I'm further away. Uh, further away. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, all right. How about this? Perhaps best known for his distinctive hair as well as facial hairstylings, he rocked the mutton chops, a Fu Manchu, and once wore two small pony t- ponytails during his time in Indiana, earning him the nickname Samurai Blank. Incorporated his name there. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to give you that one. I'm totally lost. Totally lost. Okay, how about this? I, I, this I feel, is the one where I, I think feel like this... I should I should be here. I should be here, but I'm not. This this is the one I think might might clue you in. All right. He was the son of the legendary player player at the University of Utah, whose nickname was Poison. Initials the, PP. The dad. The, the dad was dad's initials were PP. Nickname was Poison. Played at the University of Utah. Man, this is just getting worse and worse for me. This is this is as a a, re- <laughs> a resident of Utah. I really I expected you to be. I, sh- I should I should be here with this one. Um, man, I I I gotta put myself out of the misery. Out of my I got one I've more. Got no idea. Okay. One, one more. And this, <laughs> if this honestly, if this one gives it away for you, then you're never welcome back on the show again. He appeared on the 32nd season of Survivor, which took place oh. in Cambodia. Oh, um, that actually gets me a little bit closer, but. I I got I got nothing. All right, Alex. Let let Can we play the put, incorrect sound. Oh yeah yeah. We'll just we play, play. Hold on. I'm on a loop for like. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go. No, all right. Wait, wait, Dan. Did you get it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I did not get it. All right. Who's that, Mormon? <laughs> it's Scott Pollard. Oh, yeah, Scott yeah. Pollard. Scott Pollard. Oh, right yeah. on the tip of your tongue. Look yeah. at those chaps. He was, he, okay. So I okay. Yeah. The mutton chops. I should have. I should have made it there with that one. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'll leave it that end of the Photoshop, like the outline, so you'd be able to. There's something about when players play for Indiana, they become invisible to me. <laughs> 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 I don't know what it is, but like basically, it's like Reggie Miller, and then I, I don't know. There's some other people who played for him too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just basically Reggie, Paul George, and they've had a few other guys. Yeah, I, for uh, all I know, Paul George entered the league this year. <laughs> Wow, this guy's really... Who's this new Oklahoma even, City guy? I don't even know why. I don't even know why I have this thing against the Papers. Maybe it is just Reggie Miller. Just over the years of Reggie Miller, I'm just sort of like, all right, whatever. No, they're a very blase team. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Dan, thank you for being thank here. Thank you for having me. A wonderful a guest host. Follow us at fanball underscore WATV. Follow me at Aaron J. Whitlock on Twitter. We will be back here next week, Monday at 6 p.m. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's fun time!